When esteemed Danish director Benjamin Christensen released his new film Haxon in 1922, he knew little of the storm of controversy the movie would go on to cause. Banned in several countries and quite possibly the first example of the faux documentary genre, the movie's impact, importance and legend still lives on some 94 years later. Hi. I'm Duncan McLeish and you're listening to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition, T-10, 9, 8, Welcome back to Season 2 of Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and this is episode number one of this brand new Season 2 of the show. In this season we are looking at the witchcraft subgenre of horror within European cinema. Last season we looked at the vampirism subgenre and I would advise that if this is your first time listening to Chronicle Podcast, please go back and listen to our debut episode of Season 1. It sets the stage for what's to come right through that season and straight into Season 2. Can I thank everyone who checked out the first season of the show and left me all the kind words of support and feedback on our Facebook group page. Our group page may only be small in numbers, but the voices of those who are members are loud and passionate about horror cinema, and I am immensely proud to be back with this new season of six episodes every two weeks. To join the Facebook group page for the show, please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. I hope you've all been busy during the show's absence and I would like to take a few seconds at the start of this episode to give a very special shout out to another Legion Podcast Network exclusive show. While we were away, Bo Ransdell released season one of his new show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, a simply fantastic podcast which looks at the world of Asian horror cinema. His first season of 13 episodes came to a close last week and I would say that if you enjoy horror podcasts, you should go over and check out the Hero Hero Ghost Show exclusively on legionpodcast.com. Like I stated earlier, season 2 of Chronicle is moving away from the vampirism theme that season 1 covered to something altogether older and scarier. In 1563, Witchcraft became a capital offence almost 80 years after Pope Innocent VIII denounced the practice as heresy. This would begin a dark and horrid chapter in European history, as from his decree in 1484 to circa 1750, over 200,000 people would be accused of, tortured, burned and hanged because of witchcraft claims. It feels inconceivable to think that humans could be so paranoid and so cruel until you look back over the last 100 years of European history. 
1922, a silent movie would come out that pushed the very boundaries of horror cinema with over-the-top gallows humour, creepy imagery, nudity, witchcraft and of course Satan. That movie was Haxon, Witchcraft Through the Ages, and to this day it stands out as one of the most miraculous pieces of horror cinema. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. Having taken a full two years to research and shoot Haxon, Christensen's final product is more than just an oddity of its time. Part witchcraft histories and practice documentary and part over-the-top exercises in human horrors, the movie cost the director not only a great deal of time but also a large sum of money. The end result is a -a one-of-a-kind experience which few, if any, movies have ever been able to recreate. The movie starts out as almost an educational textbook of sort, using medieval engravings and woodcuts to illustrate historical representations of demons, necromancers and satanic-like creatures. To compound this educational documentary stylings, there are charts and models to display how people of the time believed the universe was ordered, with the Earth in its centre, orbited by the Moon, the Sun and all the other stars, which in turn was surrounded by angels. Hell, on the other hand, is jokingly displayed as a dragon-toothed creature which is chewing on the souls of sinners. As the film moves on, we are treated to a dramatisation of witchcraft throughout the ages. The first few stories are fairly run-of-the-mill. For example, a spiteful man is hexed by a witch so his mouth may never close. But as the movie picks up pace, the stories become more sinister and unnerving. A peasant-like witch can be seen creating a love potion of sorts later in the movie. Its ingredients? Frogs, snakes and the body parts of dead criminals. There are scenes where friars are harassed by demons and sleepwalking maidens leave the comforts of their marriage beds to bow before Satan. Haxon revels in placing the audience in the mindset that not only is witchcraft real, but once these situations are put forward and accepted by the viewer, that's when the door is open to much more horrific historical content. Scenes of women giving birth to demon-like creatures, and remember this is only 1922, nudity, urination, sexual practices as an affront to God, as well as witches kissing the backsides of Satan are now weaved throughout the movie's vernacular. These stories we see are the product of tortured women accused of witchcraft and by way of the movie's historical toing and froing. In one of these confessions, we see several witches take to the sky and attend a gathering presided over by the Grandmother of Satan. This is a ritual of sorts to transform the witches into more evil women by way of whipping and drinking a potion made of unbaptized babies before they wipe their feet upon the cross. Pretty blasphemous stuff. The thing about these stories is that they themselves are told by unreliable witnesses. And by that I mean, would you yourself confess to the most depraved practices to have the torture stop? 
Christensen poses the point as to whether or not these men of God are not as, if not more evil than those they interrogate. In one scene, a monk asks to be whipped more than he is entitled to and seems to be sad when the beatings stop. In another, Satan finds his way into a convent and attacks a nun with a club. The effect of this makes a nun infected with his evil and she stabs the communion host with a knife and then proceeds to pass the devil's influence to those nuns who remain. Christensen uses the final act of the movie to explain some of the more modern scientific reasoning as to what might be behind the false claims of witchcraft. Comparing different forms of mental illness, for example hysteria, and more common afflictions like sleepwalking and kleptomania, these could have been categorised as demonic possessions in the medieval era. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. In preparation for the movie, Christensen derived much of Haxon's historical data from the book Malleus Maleficarum, written in 1486 by two inquisitors of the Dominican Order of the Catholic Church. The Latin title translates into English as The Hammer of the Witches. Even though the book was banned by the Catholic Church in 1490, it was frequently republished and is believed to be the handbook for the prosecution of suspected witches throughout late medieval Europe. The movie itself was financed by a Swedish company, Svensk Film Industry. Christensen persuaded the producers to allow him to film Haxen in Denmark, at a small studio north of Copenhagen where his previous films had been made. Not only did the movie company allow Christensen to work off-campus per se, they paid a hefty sum to bring the studio's facilities up to date, which greatly increased Haxen's production costs. According to the film historian Kaspar Tepgier, Haxen was probably the most expensive film made in any of the Scandinavian countries during the whole silent period. And even though most of the scenes were filmed in interior studios, Christensen insisted that Haxen be shot almost entirely at night. He explained, The film which examines hysteria deals with the dark side of human nature, and when the sun was shining during the day it was not possible to bring out this side in the actors. One of the most dazzling sequences of the film is one in which a horde of witches fly over a village and through the countryside on their brooms and pitchforks. Christensen claims to have shot approximately 75 individual witches on separate pieces of film, then combined them through an optical printer. An aeroplane propeller was used to whip up enough wind to furrow the clothing of the witches, who were actually stationary against a black backdrop. The village beneath them is actually in reality a miniature town, built upon a huge turntable. This turntable was then rotated so the tracking shot would appear endless. A circular model was so large that it reportedly took 20 men to operate it. For the shots in which the witches are seen against glowing nocturnal clouds, a camera crew was dispatched to Norway where dramatic skyscapes were more easily filmed. 
In several scenes of the movie, a demon sits at a butter churn, maniacally working the handle in what can only be described as a masturbatory fashion. Christensen was inspired to adopt this image after reading Trolls Lund's daily life in the Nordic countries in the 16th century. According to this 14 volume study, witches were often referred to as the Devil's Dairy Maids. Of this, Christensen would later go on to say, That era seemed to find something ambiguous about the mere image of a butter churn. It was therefore a common subject in the wall paintings of both Danish and Swedish churches, the devil getting off with a woman churning butter. When the movie was completed, the Swedish film censors required numerous cuts in the movie before authorising its release. Among the censor scenes were the close-up of a finger being removed from a hanged man's hand, the trampling of the cross in the witch's Sabbath scene, and a shot of an oozing infant being held over a cooking pot. A close-up of a woman's face while she was on the torture rack, close-ups of several instruments of torture being employed, and a shot of a demon embracing a nude woman. It's worth noting that all these shots have since been restored to the film. Christensen intended that Haxon would be the first chapter of a trilogy of films, followed by the second chapter called The Saint, and the final chapter The Spirits, but these projects were never realised. This was partly because of the astronomical costs of Haxon, and also because of Christensen's departure from Europe for the seemingly green pastures of Hollywood. At American studios such as MGM or First National, which would later become Warner Brothers, such didactic, eclectic films were unthinkable. Like many of the silent movies from the 1920s, there was a renaissance of sorts in the 60s to allow new audiences to see the movie. Haxon would be re-released in 1968 and was modified for these contemporary audiences. Experimental filmmaker Anthony Ballack supervised the creation of a version in which most of the title cards were removed and replaced with narration, drawn mostly from Christensen's original text. This narration was spoken by the one and only William S. Burroughs. Ballack and Burroughs had previously collaborated on the short films Towers Open Fire in 1963 and The Cut-Ups from 1966. These modifications as well as running the film at the standardised projection speed of 24 frames per second instead of the historically accurate 20 frames per second reduced the film's running time from 104 minutes to 75 minutes. Along with this re-release came a new name, Witchcraft Through the Ages. It was through the Balak version that most contemporary viewers during the cult cinema movement of the 1970s came to know of Christensen's startlingly unique film. However, the movie's history, its legacy would be defined in its release in 1922. The movie won critical acclaim in both Denmark and Sweden, but subsequently was banned in the United States and heavily censored in other territories. The reason for its banning and censorship was due to the scenes of torture, nudity and sexual perversion. At its time of release, Variety magazine would say, Swedish and Danish pictures, 
easily hold the palm for morbid realism, and in many cases for brilliant acting and production. Witchcraft throughout the ages made by Benjamin Christensen leaves all the others beaten. It is in reality a pictorial history of black magic, of witches, of the Inquisition and a thousand and one inhumanities of the superstition-ridden Middle Ages. Many of its scenes are unadulterated horror. Wonderful though the picture is, it is absolutely unfit for public exhibition. And American critics would go on even further. In 1930, the Hollywood Daily Citizen said, The picture may be informative, but it's not entertaining, nor was it meant to be. It's another example of the difference in the psychology of the American and the European peoples. In the United States, where we have conquered nature by science and invention, we are optimistic and like our entertainments to be the portrayal of our dream life, a beautiful picture of our fondest imaginations. And finally, the New York Times in 1929 would say this of Haxon. This film of the supernatural delves into the mechanics of sorcery, revealing the devious machinations of the devil from a steam model of hell to an orgy of Satan's disciples. The picture is, for the most part, fantastically conceived and directed, holding the onlooker in a sort of medieval spell. Most of the characters seem to have stepped up from primitive paintings. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. And there you have it. You've been listening to Chronicle Podcast. This has been Season 2, Episode 1, and we've looked at Benjamin Christensen's Haxon from 1922. Like I said at the start of this episode, we're back for Season 2, which will comprise of six episodes looking at witchcraft in European horror cinema. As always, can I thank everyone who has supported this show, shared, liked and left reviews on iTunes. This is the best way to support the podcast and to make sure we bring you more content over the months to come. Remember, it takes a few seconds to leave feedback on iTunes and the more of it we get, the higher in the ratings we will be featured for other horror fans like yourselves to find this show. A huge thanks to Vaughn Herzog for the intro and outro music featured on Chronicle Podcast. Please go over and support his work. And as always, a list of all those artists whose music is featured on this episode will be listed out in the show notes. The version of the movie that I watched to review on this show was a Criterion release. Please remember that we have a Facebook group page that you can join and contact me visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast chronicle podcast is exclusively available on legion podcast network and is surrounded by a multitude of fantastic shows this week i recommend listening to girls will be ghouls their most recent show is covering a review of the rather controversial ghostbusters remake reboot So go across and check out their show, show them some love, and you can only listen to it exclusively on Legion Podcasts at legionpodcast.com. 
And finally, if you want to listen to more of me talk horror, then you can check out my other show, The Podcast Under The Stairs, by going across to tputzcast.com or check us out on iTunes. Chronicle Podcast was written, recorded and produced by me for you. Join me in two weeks' time as we continue our look at witchcraft and European horror cinema. The next movie covered will be Mark of the Devil from 1970, starring Udo Kier. But until the next time, remember, one's destination is never a place, but rather a new way of looking at things. This is Duncan McLeish from Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Until the next time. Ignition. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.